The Florida Gators had a massive comeback win that I don't think any of us expected, and we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Find me in Sao Paulo right now. Go to prizefixes.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. And remember that PrizeFix is daily fantasy sports made easy. And, and we're going to talk about this Florida Gators win over South Carolina again. I understand that there were a lot of people commenting on my last video about, oh, like you're being too hard on them. It was a win. Yes, it was a win. And it's a massive win. I don't want to downplay that. That, that, was, that was never my intention to downplay that. I understand the the magnitude of the win. However, I am very upset with some of the things that happened in that game because, yeah, it was a come-from-behind win where you shouldn't have needed to come from behind. So it's awesome that you did. You shouldn't have needed to. And that's that's an important part here. But we're not talking about that. I want to talk about how important this win was for the, the program and for the team because, I mean, let, let's start off with the obvious... Florida Gators were 1-7 on the road going into that game under Billy Napier. Then, of course, they win that one. 2-7 on the road is still a bad record, but you improved. You're 1-0 in your last one road game, so like, like that's a big win for Florida to, to kind of be able to make the adjustments necessary to be able to show up on the road, because that's an important part too that I think is being overlooked, where we are so used to the Florida Gators under Billy Napier going to a road game and coming out flat. Had they come out flat this past Saturday, they wouldn't have been in position to win. Because if they came out flat, they would have been down, what, 20-something in the fourth and not been able to come back from that. So I think that that's an important part of the changes they made, we, and we'll talk about this in the next two segments with Hayden Hansen, but the changes that they made of going to sleep earlier and, and emphasizing sleep, traveling earlier and emphasizing more rest, and, and I know that we, we kind of heard some things in press conferences that kind of indicated that they practiced hard, but they did some things just like lighter to, to keep, again, fresh legs, and if you don't have fresh legs at that point, in the game, you were not coming back. So that, that's another huge win, and it really goes to show that I think it goes to show that Billy Napier is willing to make the adjustments that he needs to make in order to win. And that's an important part where I know that he's been heavily criticized for a lot of things, rightfully so, but he's answering some of the questions. And I think at that point, we have to go, okay, maybe he is the guy. If, if he's answering some of these questions, maybe he's him. And speaking of who's him, Graham Mertz, dude, like, like, 
my sincerest of apologies to Graham Mertz because I spent this entire offseason from the time he committed to Florida going, I know that he's, I, I know that he was bad at Wisconsin. And I know that he's going to be better in Gainesville. I'm not sure how good he's going to be. And I think that he can show up, play the game, not screw up, and you can win with him. But that I don't know, or I don't even think I said I don't know. I I believe I said I I don't think you're ever going to win games with him. Not, I don't know if you can. I'm fairly certain that I said, I don't think that he's ever going to win you games is what I said. Not not that you won't win games with him, but I'm pretty sure I said, I don't think that he's ever going to win you football games. And boy, was I wrong about that because Graham Mertz went out and balled. Like there's no other way to put it. He went out and balled. He started balling. He finished balling. And yes, oh no, his completion percentage took a hit. I don't give a damn because he took more shots downfield and it was evident that this offense put a point of emphasis to try and take more shots downfield by the way that you saw Hayden Hansen having the most pass blocking snaps of his career by the way that you saw extra pass protectors being put in different spots to try and make those big plays and 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 create explosives in the passing game and you saw that and that that is like, okay, yeah, I'll trade completion percentage for good quarterback play anytime. I don't need to check down Charlie. All right. Like if you like, yeah, win the damn game. Great. You're not gonna get a complaint from me about that. And Graham, I I haven't complained about Graham there because he doesn't deserve like he like he, the dude came up big when so few people, even in the Florida Gators fan base, thought he was going to be able to do that. I think even the people that were optimistic about what Graham Mertz would do. We're not thinking, yeah, he's going to come out and, and just throw this team back into victory and throw or throw this team back into the game and throw this team to victory. I think very few people anticipated that one happening. So kudos to Graham Mertz because that was incredible. And, and I think that the comeback being a, a 10 point comeback, a double digit comeback, a two possession comeback is also huge because for so long, the off season, the first few weeks of the season, we sat here and we said, hey, if the Florida Gators go down early, they're probably not going to be able to, to be comeback kids here. The Florida Gators didn't go down early in this one. They went down late, and they still had the capability and the mental toughness to come back. And that's something that can't be overstated because, again, for so long we were thinking, you know, you play good defense, you run the football, you pass for a few conversions and you don't screw it up, and you can win football games with that theory. But maybe we were wrong. Maybe Graham should be throwing more. I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but I think that it's important that he showed the ability to do that. I think that Billy Napier will always want to be a run-first team and I think that with the players that he's put together, he can do that. But I think that he might be a little quicker to go, all right, you know what, throw us back into it. Like the, like the passing game is what needs to get us into here. 
And that's huge for this Florida Gators team and this program, especially when you look at having the 2024 class with DJ Lagway and all those receivers, or we'll say pass catchers because running back tight end. So when you look at that and you go, okay, like when, when rival fan bases are on Twitter, just like, oh, why would you want to go play for that offense? That That's why, because Billy Napier shown the ability to go out there and, and perform that way. And he's shown the ability to, to give his quarterback the reins to get this team back because it wasn't just like, we've seen Billy Napier be in rough spots and still want to run the football. And if I'm not mistaken, the only time they ran the football on those two touchdown drives late, were I think a first and 10 at like midfield ish on the last drive. And it picked up like 12 yards and it was a draw if I'm not mistaken, because no one's expecting you to run in that position and they did it. And so I think that that deserves applause. I, I understand everybody hates the, what was it? Fourth and 11 pass to Arliss Boardingham at the line of scrimmage. And then he had to run 14 yards for the first down. I understand hating that, but like when you look at, that play specifically, and you, you kind of zoom out from how quickly Graham threw it to Arliss, because I think a lot of people thought, oh, that was like a, a screen or a swing to Arliss Boardingham, when that's not what it was. There were multiple reads that were trying to go further downfield, and the blocking broke down as per usual, and Graham had to get the ball out to someone that could win a one-on-one. And then he had Trevor Etienne playing fullback out there, and it was fantastic to see. This was a huge win for the Florida Gators. A huge win in general, like like going on the road, coming back, Graham Mertz throwing you back into the game. This is a massive win for the Florida Gators, and it cannot be overstated. And and I think that that's huge, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it with Hayden Hansen in just one second. But before we do that, Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. And joining me now for Locked On Gators, like he does every week, it's Tuesday this time instead of Wednesday, get over it, uh, is Hayden Hanson, Florida Gators, starting tight end. And we're just going to jump right into it. Hayden, walk me through what happened in this game because you guys had a strong first half. Offense went ghost for a good portion of this second half and an incredible final few minutes there. So just, just what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I think I just saw a more determined team to win on the road. Uh, we definitely had our bumps in that game, bumps and bruises. But uh, overall, I think I just saw a lot of grit for both sides of the ball to get the result we wanted, and it ended up happening. So, Yeah, a um, lot, of, lot of bumps and bruises. I mean, Graham came up limping like three three times in that game alone. Uh, so, I mean, props to him for the performance and, and for toughing it out there. And we know that last week that was a big thing that we talked about was Changes being made in preparation heading into the road game because prior to 
the Florida Gators under Billy Napier were one and seven on the road now, two and seven with one hell of a win to come back there. But what kind of impact do you think that those changes? I know that it was like traveling earlier, focusing on getting more sleep. What kind of uh, impact do you think those had on really getting you guys ready to show up for this game? Yeah, I think we were all just more relaxed. Um, we had more time to kind of concentrate, let our thoughts sink in. We weren't rushed when we got to the stadium. We got there a little earlier, too. So I think all that just kind of added a factor of, like, being comfortable. Yeah, I hope you know that last week I, like, jokingly was like, oh, Arliss had two touchdowns. Now it's your, your turn. You had two catches, right, on the first two drives, and I was just like, oh, he, he might do it. This might be the one. So I, I was hoping that, that we were going to be able to kind of keep that little trend going. Yeah, well, it looked like it at first, but I mean, uh, you just never know when you're a why. Yeah, and then I, I do have to ask: Have you given Graham any crap for having you just wide, like wide open in the end zone on yes. the Kay Little Jackson touchdown? Because I know that when I saw you get open, and then I saw the ball go to Khalil Jackson, and that he was covered, and I was like, "Oh, if he doesn't catch this, this is gonna be rough." Yeah, I was. I talked to him about it all the way back on the bus, and that was just kind of a joke. He sees me about it. He always jokes, like, you should have been a little faster. You should have been a little slower. You should have just got there. He just messed with me, you know? I mean, I, in my opinion, I think Graham just wanted to show off, be like, oh, look at me. I can thread the needle. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? He caught it as a touchdown, Gators touchdown. No difference if I caught it or he caught it. I mean, obviously, I would have liked to catch it. But at the end of the day, uh, we, we won, and we, got, we scored on that play, so. You know what I think it was now that now that you mentioned like uh, him wanting to show off, I think that he saw PFF not having enough big time like tight window throws. Yeah, and, and I think he I think he just wanted to bump that. He was just like, you know, let me, let me pat it a little bit. Probably. And then uh, the two point conversion a little bit later. Uh, walk me through because you lined up at left tackle. You 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 were lined up at left tackle there. Uh, you, you came in and cut and caught the ball from. Trevor Etienne out of the Wildcat. And I think a lot of Gators fans were also just caught off by lefty Trevor Etienne. I don't, I don't think many people uh, many people thought that was coming either. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever catch a touchdown pass with Trevor in my whole career, but here we are, you know. But uh, uh, I mean, that play, uh, I really wasn't expecting the ball there. I mean, uh, we ran it in practice, and I really wasn't the main target. But, I mean, obviously, miscommunication and coverage, and I was wide open. Uh, I, right when I got out of my break, I knew he was going to throw it now. I, I thought he was going to put a little more on it, so I was like, oh, please don't drop it, please don't drop it. You know, it's one of those balls you just have to sit there and wait for it to come to you. But, uh, yeah, so I'm glad we got that executed. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got the experience with that because you had to field two two kicks – against McNeese State. So you're used to just being like, all right, let me just throw it up there and it'll, it'll come down to me. So that that's fine, right? Always. And uh, you spent, th- this week, you spent a lot of time in pass protection. It was, it was the most pass pro snaps that you've played all season. And it felt a little different than usual because it felt like we've seen you come across the formation and, and pass block. We've seen you double team and, and wait on the edge there. But it felt like there were a few times where you kind of came towards the interior a little bit. Like you were like inside the, the right guard, right tackle spot. Was that something that you guys were just trying to get like you to specific spots to help out in in response to a certain look that South Carolina was giving you or, or preparing for a certain player? Or is that just like 
always what's drawn up on the specific play, and, and we just haven't seen that that much this year. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I know what play you're talking about. And that play, um, it really is the same every time. It's just it's a, it's a, it comes down to like an option block, and um, I have like specific rules for that. And, and it just so happened to be in that game where I needed to help more on the inside. So um, that's, that's kind of what happened there. How, how many rules do you have? Because I feel like every time we talk about blocking or anything from the tight end spot you're like yeah like there's these rules and i feel like that's an insane thing where everything is just like yeah there's about 600 rules on that play and i, and I gotta know which which one to break out in this instance yeah tight end is definitely the hardest position to play besides quarterback in this offense and anyone will tell you that um that was a huge reason why i registered it to be honest last year i just because I, I just didn't have it all down um, but yeah, the, I mean, every, every single play, we have multiple rules at all. Cause we have to work with the linemen, the quarterback and the receiver. So, I mean, um, it, it, it's a lot, uh, but I mean, the guys that could do it, if you could do it in this system, you could do it in the NFL. So that's always good to remember and uh, keep working. Let me tell you, price fix has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. If you've got skills and a little bit of time to do your research, you can turn $10 into $250 with a few easy taps, of course, and research. And it's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals, too. It's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I, I didn't play anything this week because I'm in Brazil and I can't. But last week, Zay Flowers over. Tua, more than 275 yards. Cooper Cup, more than 63 yards. Boom. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, um, I was watching the game, like I, I told you offline, and like the listeners know by now, like I was watching the game in Brazil with a bunch of Brazilians and they asked, like, oh, what was your favorite position? And I said, our favorite position when the Jacarez Gators were on the field. And I said, tight end. And um, they were like, oh, did they throw? And I was like, no. But they block, they catch, they run, and they were like, they do everything. And I was, yeah, that's one of the reasons I love it. It's an incredibly difficult position. And like, kudos to uh, to playing. And I like that you showed off a little bit when they were there. And I was like, oh, I know that, I know that guy. <laughs> um, and then I, I know that you posted this a little late. But what was the locker room like after the Because I, I saw it like two hours after the game, and I was just like, dude, still? And you're like, yeah, I just posted it. Yeah, I mean, the locker room was insane, man. Uh, I mean, the energy was awesome. Um, I mean, just playing playing our playlist and stuff, played the Gamecock song a little bit too. Um, it was good. I mean, it was just – I mean, you work so hard during the week, and when you, finally, when you finally get a result that you've been getting bashed for from the outside and even in the inside, that, that, like you know you have to win on the road. We did it. We did it in under pressure, on like, uh, under an immense amount of pressure. Pulled it off. So I mean, right when everyone slipped in that locker room, it was like a, just a weight lifted off your shoulders. It was like that's time to celebrate, you know. So it was good to see everyone with a smile on their face. Yeah, and I do have to ask what it was like playing in that atmosphere because it felt like at times that fan base got kind of, kind of crazy while you guys were there. And I know that. You guys play in the swamp, but that's usually they're loud when you're on defense and quiet when you're on the field. And, and there were certain times where Shane Beamer was like running down the sideline, like just like, yeah, just like, just like hyping everyone up. So just what was that like where so many people, including myself, were not expecting you guys to pull that win out and, and then you did it. 
Uh, so just, just what was that like doing it in such a hostile environment where, because we, we also know South Carolina, this was supposed to be a revenge game for them because it was 38-6 last time that you played them. So just what was that like? Yeah, so I mean, kudos to their fan base. I mean, they did show up. I mean, if we didn't play in the swamp, I would say it was loud. Um, I mean, it might have had an effect on maybe a couple plays, but I really don't think it affected us much. But um, uh, if you if, if I would have went to another school, I would have been like, yeah, that was pretty electric. Um, but I mean, th- I mean, they showed out. I mean, it looked. I don't know who was sold out or not. It looked sold out to me. Um, I mean, their the student section was pretty wild. Um, but I mean, yeah, you could tell their fans wanted just as bad as they did for us to lose that game. And um, especially on those last couple of drives, I mean, that's when they really got loud, and that's when you, I had to get a little closer to Graham to hear it. But I mean, it, it wasn't anything crazy like the swamp. Yeah, and then I, I do want to ask about just. I feel like the defense had a, had a rough-ish showing at certain points. Like it wasn't a complete performance there. Was there any point where you were just like, oh, like like late in the game where you were like, this is uh, like defense wasn't making a ton of stops. So it's like, oh, like like you gotta come up big. You haven't come up much today. Was there any, I guess, doubt we'll say there that that they make the plays they needed to? No, I mean we have we have good players on defense. Um, I mean, I knew. I mean, I know everyone on that field is capable of doing it, and I knew on that last drive it, it was time for someone to clutch up. I knew they they all have it in them, and I knew I, once I saw Spencer out there drop back and kind of throw it up in the air, I was like, all right, so one of our DBs is going to get this, you know. And then I saw Miguel catch it. I was like, okay, let's go. And uh, yeah, that was that. So, and and I have to ask because it it felt like or it feels like a lot of the fan base has been relatively harsh on Miguel Mitchell specifically this year and then for him to come up with a with a clutch play like that is that kind of like a oh, they can't say anything now moment i mean i I, uh, I can't speak for him but i mean if that was me yeah i would i would think so um he's a good player man I mean, he played as a true freshman um he's improving every day he's just he's, he's one of those guys that doesn't really let the um the social media stuff get to him yeah i think that's an important thing to remember also is like last year when he did play as as a freshman he played most of his time like like slot star kind of stuff, and now he's working a little bit deeper. So it's still relatively new to him. But just before I let you go, you got the bye week coming and then Georgia, and we'll talk plenty about Georgia next week. But what are you looking forward to the most during this bye? Is, is it extra rest? Do, do you get that, or do, is it just more hammering home and more time to hammer that home? No, we'll definitely we're definitely going to work a lot this bye week. Uh, that was emphasized yesterday. Uh, but I mean, we do get a little bit of time off, so um, I'll definitely look forward to seeing my family a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, during the next couple of days, they're definitely work days, and uh, we're not worried about anyone else except for the Gators getting better. So it, it's good for a lot of the young players like me, Arliss, and a lot of players on defense to work on our craft and improve before a, a huge second half of the season. Because I mean, we have a we have a hell of a stretch. So. So you said you're going to see family. Are they are they coming to you or are you going out? Oh, no, no, Texas. Okay. You, you're going to catch it, – it's Texas Tech still playing volleyball? You're going to catch a game? All right, I, think gonna, I think I'm going to watch my sister play, yeah, and uh, love it. All right, there you go. Got to be loud, but <laughs> make sure they know you're you're still a Gator regardless of, regardless of uh, cheering on the Red Raiders there. There we go. Thank you so much, Hayden. Catch Hayden Hansen every week except this week on the field for the Florida Gators and every week on Locked On Gators. Thanks for being Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more Florida Gators football talk here 
For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.